Hello, everybody. This is Rich. And this is Bryn. And we are so top with Rich and Bryn. And we are coming to you again tonight because our child has chosen to sleep. And so we thought we'd have a little conversation. Yeah. Um, I know we usually start out with a so top from our week, but I think I'm going to start out with a so bottom first. And the so bottom is that I had to pull the poop out of our child's butt partially because he was constipated. Don't you people out there don't get concerned. It was mostly out of his butt. He just needed a little help to finish it off. Yeah, it was uh, literally so bottom. So bottom. Uh, Yeah. So he was on uh, antibiotics uh, for the strep throat last week and as many people suffer from constipation after being on antibiotics our child does and uh it came to a head tonight or a butt yeah well but he did finish it up by saying thank you for help my butt yes a lot he said that a lot it was really adorable kind of and he got like it's very happy and he was yeah he was very happy kind of like the your cat when he when the cat finishes in the litter box and then goes terrorizing through the house it was kind of like feeling all loosey-goosey he was loosey-goosey had the endorphins flowing because the poop was out all right well now we start with the bottom Rich, what happened to you this day or week that was so top? You know, it's it. This is kind of a weird one. Um, so, you remember, like maybe two weeks ago, you tried to pull a splinter out of my finger. Yes. And it and it wouldn't. It. it yes, we couldn't yeah. get it out. So. Did you? It finally like are you gonna- my my skin finally kind of like blistered around it and pushed it out <gasps> yay and so the splinter is finally out of my finger after like three weeks oh, and gosh. uh my finger feels much better and uh that's really random uh, yeah but you know it's good news it's good news okay how about you well uh, today and we you may notice our sound has been changing from episode to episode so we're trying a new way to record again tonight Um, and we were doing some test recording earlier and usually I just ask questions when we have to do testing and testing. And I said, Hey Rich, what's your favorite color? And you went blue. And it was just so aggressive. (laughs) You're just like so aggressive about the blue. Um, and it really made me laugh and I feel like that's, uh, and I feel like then you were laughing cause I was laughing. And so I'm going to call that my so top. Yeah. We've been, uh, suffering some sound issues as we try to figure out how to do this podcast the best way. And so we've now decided to use the fancier of our two mics and set it to bi-directional so that it can record both of us sitting opposite of each other at the same time, instead of both of us just being on our own condenser mics, but too close together and echoing off of each other the last episode was a nightmare to edit because of i was echoing off of your microphone and then you were echoing off of my microphone and then we were both echoing back and forth off of our microphones together as well and so there were times where i just had to cut your microphone and then there were times where i had to cut my microphone out and basically what he's saying is it wasn't good and we're yeah. trying something new, and now we're going to move on. Yeah, so... Uh, so, Rich, you yeah. picked our topic for this episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Rich, you picked our 
topic for this episode. So what are we going to be discussing today? Tonight's discussion is going to be fictional amateur detectives. Now, we've had a lot of back and forth about this category, more than we've had for any other episode. Yeah, so we had to set some very, very strict rules on this one. So the biggest rule is that no superheroes, because basically every superhero except for maybe Judge Dredd, is a is a uh, Did you speci- amateur detective. Right. Did you specify that they can't be in law enforcement already? Yeah, so they're amateurs, so they can't be a cop. They can't be uh, uh, any kind of, like... Law uh, enforcement. Law enforcement officer of any form. Now, if they're a private detective, that's different. That we do accept, because... They're private- licensed, but they don't really have a badge. They, right, and they don't really... Do they have badges? they might have badges in some places uh. and and uh it would also include bounty hunters if if you wanted to include that but they don't normally solve crimes so uh yeah so that's, that's i mean in a way they do they kind of do but that's that's going to be our 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 working frame here. well also you missed the other part though which was that it cannot be um anybody named sherlock holmes oh yeah that's the other big one that uh no Sherlock Holmes, uh, specifically in any any form. So, like the CBS Sherlock, the Benedict Cumberbatch BBC Sherlock, uh, all off limits. The books, the books are off limit as well. Yeah. So, because they're most likely going to be a future a future episode where we discuss <laughs> our, our favorite, favorite Sherlock, our favorite interpretation of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's like a whole other category. <laughs> So anyway, um, do you want me to kick us off or are you going to kick us off with your number three? Yeah, so you hit me with your number three Okay, here. my number three. And now I have to make a decision, folks, because my list, it got a little long. Okay, so I think I'm going to go for Stevie Bell from Maureen Johnson's books, which I think are generally known as the Stevie Bell Mysteries right now. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of these, Rich? I have not. Yeah, see, I actually told Rich I think that probably... This might be the one time that we don't have a have one in common on our list, but he's predicting that we will have one. So there are three, four, five, I think, Stevie Bell books out right now. There's a trilogy from when she starts at her school and solves the murders there. Spoiler alert, she solves murders. Um, there's The Box in the Woods, and then most recently, Nine Liars. And these are more into the young adult category, but frankly, for those who don't know, young adult genre really just means that the main character is a young adult. Um, So she is in high school, bridging to college soon, maybe. Um, I just think that these are very well written. I find them very entertaining. The first one was like a bigger overarching mystery, and that, well, the first series. And then the two sort of follow-up books in this world are more like standalone novels. And I just really enjoy them. I think they're well-written. Um, the character of Stevie as is very unique and probably relatable to some and not relatable to others. But it's all set at this like weird private school where you have very focused curriculum, except when she's at a summer camp or um, in London sometimes for a trip. Anyway, very good, light romance, um, lots of representation, very entertaining. If you were ever thinking about reading Maureen Johnson, give these ones a try. Did you? Was this a predicted one for my list, Rich? Absolutely not. Okay. 
What do you got? Hit me with your three. All right. So my number three, I don't think you'd be able to predict my number three either. Probably not. Uh, so my number three is going to be, uh, as us American call, uh, ten ten. Oh, tauntaun. 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 Isn't it super racist though? The so a lot of that was tamed down in the HBO animated series. Oh, was that the version that we're which gonna be is referring to? which is where I fell in love with it. You know, I was maybe ten or eleven, I think, when watching these on HBO after school, and uh, I found them very engaging, very entertaining. I liked the problem solving mm. skills, and then there's also just the sense of adventure that would occur. And also, it was very, it was educational without being like punch you in the face, like mm. educational. It definitely taught deductive reasoning and stuff like that. So, I mean, I loved, I loved it. I loved Snowy, Captain Haddock, Professor Calculus. Um, probably my favorite series out of it was going to be Destination Moon. Oh. Uh, so if you guys are familiar, that's the one where they're building a rocket to go to the moon and the, uh, some foreign agents have infiltrated the construction and uh, hijinks and shenanigans ensue off of that. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be my number three. Wow. I, I've tried to read the comics, and you know they're, uh, but that was much later in life when I tried to read them, and so like it was like trying to read a kid's book as opposed to like, yeah, you know. So, uh, but as a as a kids show, and it really got me into a lot of logic, and like there is some historical stuff in the show too that it covers. So you learn you about do different love cultures. History. I do love history always, and I kind of always have. So that's my number three. What's okay. your number two? Here's the problem, folks. There's going to be a lot of honorable mentions, so I don't really want to get any flack for these choices. Okay, there's going to be a lot of honorable mentions. I am going to go with. Veronica Mars. Yeah. Is that on your list? No, but I saw that one coming. And you knew I was coming with that one. Yeah. yeah. Veronica Mars. Folks, I love Veronica Mars. The most recent season, you know, where they try to take it beyond. I don't... I, I wanted it so badly to be good. But the first couple seasons and the movie were all just so, so good. The twists and turns, the way she works things out. Again, this is probably something that would fall into the YA genre. Um, the music over the different parts of it, the relationships, the sort of insane twists and turns that could only happen in a town called Neptune, California. Uh, Veronica is played by Kristen Bell, and her father is played by... Do you remember that guy's name? I don't, but I know Oof. he was he's the guy... He's in everything, isn't he? Right. He was one of the aliens in Galaxy Quest. Oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. You look it up while I keep talking. Okay. Anyway, so the music, the characters, I love a lot of the character twists and turns. I think about Weevil all of the time, what he's doing today and what he's up to. Um, and then the Logan and Veronica love story build on top of it. But that first season where her best friend is dead and she thinks that there was some shady business going on. And she spends the time uh, investigating it. By the time you get to the end of that mystery, it's just so gut-wrenching to have seen Veronica go through all of these things um, to try to figure out who or why her best friend died or who killed her. And, um, you know, it's a twisty ending. I'm not even going to spoil that one for you. 
Uh, Veronica Mars's father, Keith, was played by Enrico Colatoni. Oh, thank you. I kept thinking Emilio, and I was like, it's not Emilio. The last thing I'll say is that her dog's name is Backup, so she's always bringing Backup with her. Yeah. I've I've watched most of the series with you, yeah. uh, and I definitely enjoyed watching it. Uh, I'm just not good at binging unless it's something that I'm like definitely in love with. And and I I wasn't in love with it, but I, I do enjoy Veronica Mars quite a bit. Um, hit I, me with your number two. I, well, I'm going to hit you with a little bit more Veronica Mars here. I oh. just I just like Veronica Mars because it's a strong female character that's never not really a female damsel in distress kind of thing. She is a go getter. She's go-getter. got a taser. She's got to take. She takes business in her own hands. She deals with her own problems, and it's uh, a refreshing look, especially for something that came out of the era that Veronica Mars was made in. It's a bit different than what uh, you would you would see, and it's enjoyable quite a bit. So my number two. Give me the number two, just like our son did <clears throat> earlier tonight. I'll lay my number two on the table uh, and a bit on the carpet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> too much. Uh, so my number two is going to be uh, Charles, Oliver, and Mabel from Only Murders in the Building. Oh, no. You've taken my number one. Oh, I'm sorry. You've taken my number one. I've taken You've your number one. thrown it in the trash. That's your all right. Your number one's my number Go two. Go for it. Yeah, I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed the first two seasons of only murders in the building i love steve martin and martin short i love them in combo whether they're being themselves doing comedy or playing roles and acting off of each other it's very clear that they're great at working together and have a very natural chemistry despite playing characters that are total opposites of each other um uh Martin Short plays uh, a washed-up Broadway producer and director. Uh, Charles um, <laughs> Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yeah, there we go. Plays uh, <laughs> Charles, who is a uh, washed-up actor who is extremely famous for exactly one role, and that is playing the role of Brazos, a TV detective. Uh, and then, um, yeah, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, right? Selena Gomez is also a perfect foil for those two being younger and presenting a different generation and a different thought process. And it's really refreshing, refreshing to see how, uh, all of them come to problem solve together, coming from different backgrounds and different phases of life. Um, and then it's just hilarious too. a a serial killing bassoonist. Amazing (laughs) spoilers for season one. I'm sorry, but, it's been out for a while. Get over it. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's the, for me and probably for Bren, there's like the perfect mixture of like arts discussion and celebrity cameo mm-hmm. and scenes of life in New York as well that just make it a quite enjoyable show. And then their crime solving abilities are fantastic and hilarious. Because they also develop a cult following and make their own podcast, and uh, it's an inspiration for us. I know. Like, the spoof off from Serial to this is just so good. I just love it so much in in terms of this whole, like, spoofing amateur detectives, honestly. And it's also interesting in that the way they solve crimes, like, these three unlikely folks 
have formed like a pretty strong unit right now. And there's a lot of trust there, things like that. All of the side characters are excellent. The mysteries are not things that you usually see coming. At least I didn't. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy that too. I think that's one of my, one of my faves. Clearly it was going to be my number one. I did have a backup choice in mind. I have multiple backup choices in mind. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy the way the mysteries unfold. I particularly enjoy when there are episodes from uh, sort of somebody who might have been a side character perspective. And it yeah. really shows the whole, it like flips the, the world on its rear end. I'm sorry, I can't get off butts yeah. tonight. It gives it a third dimension. <laughs> Like it, it gives you the idea that there's this whole world that they're existing in, not just this linear storyline that they're telling. And it's Rich, but quite like, enjoyable. Is the Arconia the fourth member of the team? I think the Arconia is the the true villain <gasps> of the show. Oh no! All right. And the show also does a good job with throwing like big red herrings at you too, which is always fun. Yeah. So. Well, now we'll see if I take your number one when I say what my number one's going to be in this case. Okay. I also still have a ton of uh, honorable mentions. My number one is going to be Benoit Blanc. Well, now you took my number one. <laughs> I gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Knives out, folks. Knives out. It's so good. He's just such a good, uh, like, detective. I love that both Knives Out movies also have kind of had him taking somebody under his wing within the movie somewhere. I don't want to talk too much about it in case you haven't seen it and you want to go enjoy it. But I love that he kind of is taking even more amateurs under his wing to try to sort out uh, whatever the mystery is. The way that he reveals clues and the way he pulls it all together at the end with uh, drama and a southern accent... Um, it's just fabulous. And like the first Knives Out, I just, chef's kiss. It's just so good the way it all plays together. Um, I love it when they only give you pieces of the story at a time. Yeah, the Knives Out um, and Glass Onion both uh, have a lot of my favorite things. So I like, I love movies that just have like big star-studded casts and they're all playing ridiculously over-the-top characters. That's always enjoyable to me. I don't know why, but it is. And the thing about Benoit Blanc, so like he has a very, very Sherlock Holmes-esque kind of m approach, but it's, he's very human and he, and he makes mistakes and those mistakes end up helping him frequently, but also he cares about the people that are involved. It's not just a puzzle to him. Um, while he's definitely getting his rocks off on, <laughs> on solving the puzzle that's presented in front of him, he is aware that there's still human beings involved and people with feelings and emotions and uh, someone has suffered a loss and he's sympathetic to that at the same time as trying to get to the bottom of what really happened. And it makes it a very, makes him far more relatable than any of the Sherlock Holmes clones out there 
while frequently Sherlock Holmes is a sympathetic character just because you feel bad for for him because of either like frequently portrayed with like um an addiction or maybe like some sort of neurodivergent uh issue Benoit Blanc is you know very relatable of a person and there's no real barrier between you and him and that makes those movies very enjoyable and very uh, you almost start putting yourself into them a bit to see if you can figure out the puzzle yourself too, which is a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Did you have a backup number one or you want to call it there and shift to some uh, honorable mentions? Um, I only really have one honorable mention. It, so there's, I'm, I'm leaving the big ones on the table for you. To say so like Hercule Poirot yeah I was Miss just gonna Marple. actually like not necessarily talk too much about them but just sort of give other people I considered which were Hercule Poirot probably like the the one with the guy not like I'm not as into the Kenneth Branagh ones I just no I think his mustache is stupid and I don't like it then ac- his accent is a little weird in that I I prefer the masterpiece theater Hercule Poirot yeah. guy. Hercule yeah. um, Poirot speaks. Uh, yeah, he refers to himself in the third person constantly. It's amazing. Okay, other ones I considered. Obviously, Jessica Fletcher, Murder She Wrote. I, you know, it wouldn't be a, a thing if we didn't at least talk mention her. Yeah. Um, Nancy Drew. Yeah. Uh, the Bones Team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird, and they're forensic, and they work at a museum, and they're solving crimes. And, like, at the end of the day, it's not even really a great show, but Bones. Mm, there's there's not many modern shows that hold up to the level of Bones, in my opinion. What do you mean, the level of Bones? Like, that, that show, for its... I find that show more enjoyable than any of the CSIs. Oh, I really like, like the that. CSIs, but I wasn't yeah. considering anybody from any of the CSIs because no, they're all official they're law, all enforcement. law enforcement. Yeah, um, I have two more. One is uh, the Scooby Pack, or mm. uh, do they are they called the Scooby Pack? I don't know the Scoobies. Yeah, um, I'm not really putting Angel on my list, but whatever. I guess it was fine. And then the last one, which was almost a really big contender for me, was um, the Mentalist which mm. is Patrick Jane, played by Simon Baker. And I really, really enjoyed that show. He was a uh, psychic who tried to predict, uh, tried to either predict or locate a serial killer, and said serial killer then killed his wife. And he was a psychic who was like a fraud, who was just trying to make money. And then this happened, and um, now he uses his... Things got real. Yeah, things got real, and now he uses his skills to read people in order to help the FBI solve crimes. But it is, it's very fascinating. There's serial killers, there's one-offs, but I just find the whole thing of, like, a very, very sad man who used to be sort of this shill trying to con people out of their money, now trying to help solve crimes to atone in a way for the death of his wife. Very nice. So one, two of my honorable mentions. So I have a total of three. So the okay, first, you just said that you only had one. Yeah, well, I lied. I I remembered because one, there's one that you one big one that you left out, and it's Perry Mason. 
Oh, yeah. Because Especially the new Perry Mason on HBO. I'm just not as much of a is, fan of that as you are, honestly. Is, uh, uh, I thought the first season was fantastic. Um, I'm very, I enjoy those like 1930s noir um, stuff. Not really like the old movies of them, but I enjoyed the books that they were based off of mm. um, by, um, what's his name, Kane, like Double Indemnity and stuff like that. But those aren't really like crime solving. Those are just suspense yeah, uh, kind of things. Yeah. And then the other one is one that I thought we both really enjoyed recently Yeah, is uh, Jack Reacher. Oh. But I kind of left him, I left him out simply because he was a former military police yeah. officer, but now is in uh, civilian life, yeah. not as a police officer, but keeps getting drawn into crimes. And the first season of that on Amazon Prime was excellent. I have not read the books. Um, if I ever have free time, probably once, sorry, like her child's name goes to college. Uh, that might happen again. Uh, and then the third one, it's a little silly. Uh-oh. It's Penny from Inspector Gadget. Okay, I was going to ask if you had any stinkers at the end, and my stinker was literally going to be Inspector Gadget. That's the only one I have. See, Inspector Gadget you can't include because he is a police officer. He is, is a he? He is a police detective. Is he? Penny, his niece, is not. Ugh. And she ends up always solving the crimes for him. And that's all. I. It's fun. It was a fun little thing as no. a kid. Like, oh, how's Penny going to do it? Penny's going to get him out of this problem. How's she going to do it? And uh, yeah, so Penny from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. I the original don't... animated series, not the, not that movie with Matthew Broderick. No, no well, get that, that yeah, get that business not, out of here. Not good either. So I think so far our stinkers have been, I'm going to put Inspector Gadget on there because he really is a useless human being. Um, Kenneth Branagh's mustache in the reboots of Hercule Poirot and any other stinkers you'd like to add here? You know, I, I, you know, I tried to watch Miss Marple on, oh. on, um, Masterpiece Theater and I just, I think it was just too cozy, slow, friendly for me. Yeah. Like. Hercule Poirot at least has a little bit of action to it, has his ridiculous over-the-top kind of character, as opposed to, like, the underspoken, quiet old lady of Miss Marple, who's figuring out who dropped the, the cyanide in the in the tea at brunch kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. so that might be that might be the only one. The only one that you put on the <clears throat> stinker scale. I wouldn't even call it a stinker. It just wasn't call for it a me. Stinker. It wasn't for me. Just call it a stinker. You know I have a very hard time saying that something is just straight up bad because I know that there's someone out there that likes it. and that Right, but you're not saying it's bad for everybody. It's just no. your opinion. My opinion is that I, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are lots of other sleuths out there. If you have a favorite one, we'd love to hear it. You can always tweet at us at SoTop Podcast right. on Twitter. You can comment on our Facebook group. Thanks for starting that up, Rich. You can yeah, join us there. Yeah, we got a Facebook page there. Uh, We'd Facebook love to hear from you. So top with Brennan Rich. And you can also just text us. We'll take those. We'll yeah, take them. If you're listening, let us know. You know, we're also not opposed to like, you know, a Zoom call or, or a real phone call sometimes. But We're lonely, folks. Yeah. We're lonely. We're lonely. We just, we're entertained by a two-year-old and his poop. That's... <laughs> 
I thought we were going to get out of it without mentioning the poop one more time. No, we can't. It's too scarring because it's, and it's not even the first time we've had to do this. I know. Let's cut it off there though. We're not talking about anymore. All right. Um, Okay. I think that's it for us today then. We will see you at some other kid-free time and some other kid-free place. Tune back in when we tell you that we have a new episode up. Yeah, we'll do this whenever we can. And uh, it's now uh, Bren's turn to come up with the next topic of the show. Oh, no. Coming soon to a podcast near you. All right. Everybody have a great night. Bye.